On the cover, the five Midnighters stand back-to-back in the palm of the larger-than-life, clawed, mechanical hand of Dr. Prime Evil. He grins wickedly down at the heroes as he prepares to crush them between his fingers, his red cyborg eye glowing with a deadly light. Behind him, obscured by darkness and shrouded by shadow, lurks the foreboding silhouette of a woman in a black dress. Wonderworld Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 3, A Stitch in Time, Issue 3, Unraveled. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. So, uh, our comic opens with a close-up of Stitch's face. And the quote from the end of the last session. Remember, you're just like everyone else. You can never let them find you. What? What is the expression on Stitch's face, and what are what are the feelings Stitch is feeling? That's a great question. I think at this point, Stitch is wrapped up in the awkward connotations of her last interactions with the Midnighters. Um, in the moment that she has this flashback, it'll probably shake to light that she's not supposed to be here, because surely this is where them reside. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to be internal right now. She's going to be... So I guess her expression in the panel is conflicted. She's in some emotional turmoil, not only because of where she is, her status with the Midnighters, but also because of Graviton and their their prying questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The... Uh... Next panel is a wider shot of the airlock, and uh, everyone is quiet, and their heads are turned looking at Eden. Eden, what is the plan? Uh, I believe Eden is being mindful of her surroundings right now. Oh, excellent. I, I think you are totally right. So go ahead and roll plus superior. That is an 11. So on a 10 plus, you get to ask two from the following list. What here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is in the greatest danger? Who here is most vulnerable to me? How can we best end this quickly? I'm going to start with what here is the biggest threat. Oh, man. That is a great question. That's why I asked it. Let's go with uh, inside the airlock and uh, kind of just inside the, the door in the hallway of this large... It's a very large facility. Um... Like, the size of, like, an office building, over a dozen floors, and it's suspended in the lower gravity of the upper atmosphere with uh, this massive thruster engines kind of in a ring around the sides. And that has successfully bought me enough time to think of an answer. So, yeah, in the hall, um, you see uh, there's all kinds of signs indicating where different labs are. But two signs catch your eye. One labeled asset control with uh, that indicates it's on the uh, observation deck on the top floor. And asset containment, which is at the bottom of the facility. What here is in the greatest danger? You notice that Midas has been acting stranger than usual. Uh, 
having lots of his dark visions, going on these walkabouts uh, more often and unexpectedly. Uh, but he's holding his head, and uh, he mumbles something about, she's in danger and I have to find her. And he steps backwards into the shadows and disappears. In this issue, he will be played by Sir Not Appearing in this film. <laughs> Damn it, Midas. <laughs> it's, it's cool because we literally don't know why we're here. We just followed him. I get one more question. You do. You like get one so bonus question because you are so mindful of these because surroundings. Because I'm so superior, actually. Mm-hmm. Actually, I will have you know. I guess, what here can I use to find out who Midas was talking about? You know that Midas has been looking into uh, kind of the origins of the ooze tech, and the ooze half of that in particular. And uh, you see a sign, uh, it looks like, yeah, the top of the facility is the asset control observation deck, and then the middle facilities look like different sorts of labs. Um, and then asset containment is on the bottom. And one of the labs is labeled Uztec Research. And the research is being led by Dr. Primeval. You know, I'm going to be honest, this Dr. Primeval sounds bad. Perhaps have I been reading the files? About this this Dr. Primeval character? Um, and just uh, for my DM notes in the future, uh, what gave it away? that he was a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) So you have been reading the files. You've learned about the superhuman world through your mentor's resources when you first encounter an important super-powered phenomenon, such as Dr. Primeval, role plus superior. That is a six. You got any T in the P? It just means I don't know anything. Um, We do start with one team in the pool. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you some kind of general information that she would have about him. But, um, yeah, if you just want to leave it as a miss and mark your experience, that is also acceptable. I'd probably prefer to do that. Okay, cool. Here's what you do know about Dr. Primeval. He was a brilliant geneticist, but was obsessed with improving the human body beyond its limits and often experimented on himself. He expanded into cybernetics and eventually supervillainy to help fund his career. He's been a kind of a big name villain for most of the Silver Age, known for his large genetic abominations. Yeah, he's an evil scientist. Yeah, that checks out. He has a robot arm and a laser eye. First name Prime? Uh, it's actually Dr. Prime hyphen evil. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Yep, yep. Okay. What's his first name? <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect. What are the rest of you doing? Well, Eden is snooping around, looking at the uh, floor plan and directory. KT shall bend light and heat. And become invisible. Stitch awesome. is going to become her own version of invisible. And by that, I mean she's going to become Moonflower-esque. 
um, she's going to shift and take on her best version of her Moonflower cosplay, which includes hood and bandolier. The patches that are normally purple are still purple, but they're filled in spaces with flourishes of old style rose embroidery that are just stitched into it with spiky little thorns. And she does have a bandolier. It's completely out of place with the outfit. It says Miss New Olympus. It has various Girl Scout badges, (laughs) like a sewn little grenade that's just completely made of thread. And things that she thinks fits, but are thematically terribly off and probably destroy any outfit cohesion she had going up until that point. I Her love it. Her needle also stitches itself into a dagger with three perforated holes. Um, Do you see Moonflower's mouth just sort of twitch slightly at that? Southpaw sees KT kind of disappear and Stitch kind of turn into a little, you know, homage to Moonflower. And um, does does Stitch, like, crouch or duck or, like, go anywhere with this? Or is it just standing there but now looking like Moonflower? She poses in the most brooding fashion she can imagine. She's probably going to cross her arms and lean up against the nearby wall and try to be cool. Not convincingly, though. She's succeeding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Southpaw is going to be like, uh, whoa, I do not know if I can handle two of you, to be honest. I'm just joking. I'm just joking, Moonflower. I'm just joking. Uh, but also, I feel extremely out of place on this space station wearing a jeans and a t-shirt and i can't make myself invisible or look different and i feel very uncomfortable about it what do we do Eden? would it help you if i attempted something see whenever you say stuff like that kt i don't never know if i'm gonna become like you know, the next Manhattan Project or what have you. So I don't know. But anyway, uh, shoot, I, I got into speaking in literary and non-literal terms with KT again. And I do totally think real quick that by saying you feel totally out of place and powerless and on a crazy space station that you are definitely admitting a vulnerability or weakness. Oh, I also want to point out in this panel, I'm just picturing it as Sam just facing the wrong direction with Graviton there, invisible, just having this full conversation with KT, just feeling no need to say or correct or in any way alter the situation. (laughs) For the beacon, when you share a vulnerability or weakness with someone, ask them to confirm or deny that you should be here. If they confirm it, mark potential and give them influence over you. If they deny it, mark angry and shift one label up and one label down your choice. So yeah, KT, how do you respond to this uh, outpouring of emotion? Southpaw does not have the tactical or martial training that Moonflower has. Southpaw does not wield the almighty terrifying powers of the nightmare realm 
Southpaw is not a universal constant, such as KT. However, every single event that we have come across, he charges headfirst towards it, trying to be amongst the first, wielding his club and his ball. He has the potential to be, quite possibly, amongst the most ferocious of us all. I believe that Southpaw has, more than any of us, more reason to be here. Huh. That, that's kind of interesting. Um, well, thank you, I think. But also still, I uh, feel like I've got to you gotta do something otherwise like the laser sword guy is gonna walk around the corner like any second you know what i mean i would like to unleash my powers you also gain influence over southpaw because it sounds like you confirmed that they should be here i already have influence over excellent southpaw. so you get to shift southpaw's labels how do you see southpaw in this situation um i am going to say his mundane shall drop by one, and his savior shall rise by one. Champion Southpaw, the hero. <laughs> Champion Southpaw. You also get to mark, uh, mark experience. Sam, so, what are you doing with these wild cosmic powers? I shall attempt to increase the density of Southpaw's flesh to that of granite. Whoa. That is a two plus one plus two for a total of five. Ooh. So I have some good news for you. You do get to mark potential. It's fun. Everyone's doing it. Southpaw, you do feel like your skin get like a like maybe a, like a little more dense and like a little tougher. But what you don't realize is we turn the page and there is a small red light blinking on a control panel and we pull back and uh, we get a little editor's note label that says observation deck asset control. And uh, we see the back of a chair, the woman sitting in it. She looks down, notices, and then uh, get a close up of her lips as she leans into an intercom and presses the button. It says, uh, this is agent Baker. A silent alarm has been triggered on airlock 12. Send in the assets. So this is kind of cool. It's got like a slightly harder skin. That does make me feel better. So thank you, KT. You are welcome. Uh, but, uh, but uh, oh, hey, Moonflower, do you, still, do you know where, like, where we should go or what we should do from here or anything of that nature? Moonflower still staring at Stitch, and the only thoughts going through her mind right now are like, identity theft is not a joke, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Does Moonflower notice this blinking red light? Oh, no, no one notices it. It's okay. a silent alarm. Yeah. You don't know that this there is was... happening. Oh, hey, can I, you know, I just had a thought. What if I look around and like put on like the suit of someone who would be working here? Because that actually is like a pretty good cover that I might actually be able to pull off. Is there one? Is there like a uh, an extra jumpsuit, custodial, some kind of moonwalking suit in um, in, in this airlock? Or yeah, so you guys have kind of left the airlock and are kind of in this uh, hallway. 
And uh, yeah, there's a couple of different doors. One of them looks like kind of a, a closet that um, might have something like that. Okay, this one looks kind of like a closet, like it might have something like that. Let me just see if I can open it. And, and the door slides open, and you do see a a black uniform, uh, no markings or badges or name or any sort of identification. You have gray armored patches and has a full face black helmet with just a totally blacked out visor. And unfortunately, this suit has a person in it. Mm. Uh, can we? Can, can I do one of those fun, wide-eyed, frozen, but out of the side of my mouth? I'm like, uh, Moonflower KT. We got company. And this figure in the black helmet reaches to the sides with their hands and pulls two battle axes out of these red shimmering magical portals and okay. leaps towards you. Right when he reaches for those axes, I'm going to punch him in the, in the big black void of a mask. Excellent. Should be. I love it. I love it. Uh, when you directly engage a threat, roll plus danger. That looks like a nine plus whatever your danger is. Zero, but that's a great number. So thank you. On a hit, you trade blows. On a seven and nine, you get to pick one. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies. Or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Uh, there is still one team in the pool. Could bump it up to a ten. I, uh, if, if nobody objects, I would like to throw that last point of team into the pool. What is KT doing while they are sitting invisibly? With Southpaw's newly densified flesh meat protecting his knuckles and tenzins, I would like to create a small temporary gravity well between the antagonist's face and uh, Southpaw's fist, causing Southpaw's fist to fly towards the gentleman's face at an extra 90 miles an hour. I love it. Yeah, Sam, you start throwing down with this guy, and the the axes are kind of like glancing off of your tough and skin, and your fists are just slamming into this guy's face. Uh, which one? Uh, you get to pick two options from that list. So I'm going to knock that mask off his face and take it for myself. Awesome, awesome. And I'm going to. I think uh, create. I think I create an opportunity for my team. So you two are slugging it out in just this brawl, and the axe is like bouncing off of your skin, and so he flips it around to the hammer side and gets like a good clean hit in on your jaw, and we get a really awesome shot of you kind of like on the ground and then the next panel is you just like looking up with blood dripping out of your nose and mouth and that like determined look in your eye and southpaw leaps up and throws just an absolute haymaker superman punch and just clocks this asset in the face sending him flying backwards in the helmet clatters to the floor and you see the unmasked face of Geralt LeFay, a.k.a. Sir Sinister. And then, Southpaw, I'm also going to ask you to take a powerful blow. 
Oh, right. The hammer axe to the face. Right, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. So that is 2d6 plus the number of conditions you have marked. Eight. That's chill. That's pretty chill. That's fine, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Not a ten. Yeah. Cool, so on a seven to nine, choose one. You lash out verbally, provoke a teammate to full-hardy action, or take advantage of your influence to inflict a condition. Give ground, and your opponent gets an opportunity, or struggle past the pain and mark two conditions. Um, I think it's the provoke to foolhardy action. So Sam, having been concussed and hit in the face quite a bit recently, like he's got this, and I don't even know if he's had time to really like process it. But the rage that is pouring through his veins right now is like totally uncontrolled, and so he kind of before he even realizes it, he's so like frothing in this moment that he says uh oh look it's sir sinister hey moonflower maybe if uh you hadn't almost gotten killed by belch we could have had this guy handled already and then he goes to try and punch the guy again incredible so what are you what are you provoking moonflower to do take him out better this time yeah i mean i'm just i'm just I don't know. It was just this weird lashing out. No, that's that was perfect. It totally worked. Um, You're actually provoking her. So go ahead and roll plus superior to provoke someone. Nine. On a seven to nine, you get to choose one. If she does do it, uh, she you get to add a team to the pool. Or if she doesn't do it, she marks a condition. So there's a, a carrot and a stick but you only get to pick one on a seven to nine i think it's the if she does do it we'll add team because um again is a shitty thing to say and he said it in a shitty way but i don't think it was like if you don't do this yeah motherfucker it was more just like thrown aside and if Mm -hmm. she rises to it it might actually kind of yeah yeah so anyway yeah Etc. I dig it. I dig it. All right, Moonflower, you just got put on blast. Can, can I get just like a little refresher? We are. Do we, so, do we know this is a Farsec base? Um, you suspect. Never mind. We didn't see anything. The reader did. Mm-hmm. The reader knows that Agent Baker is here, but you guys, you guys might, you might have your suspicions that it's a Farsec base. But suspecting and proving are two very different things. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I'm. I'm just trying to figure out how big Moonflower wants to go here. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is this going to be a ten or an eleven? <laughs> <laughs> um. What are we cranking this up to? Well, I just, you know, I guess go big or go home, right? We're here for drama. We're here for drama. Um, Moonflower's in a mood anyway, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she usually is, honestly, but... When isn't she? <laughs> there there was like a Friday in May of 2021 that I think she was kind of chill for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 20XD21. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Moonflower wants to drop this base out of the sky. Whoa. <laughs> Shit. So I think, first things first, um, we do have to deal with Sir Sinister. I want to steal one of his axes from him. Does mm-hmm. he still have both of his axes in hand? He does, indeed. Hmm. Thought maybe he dropped one of them at some point. I mean, he just got his shit rocked, so you might you have a chance, I would imagine. Oh yeah, he's he's he got he got rocked for sure. His helmet got knocked off. He got knocked to his ass. You yeah. He also you also have an opportunity right now. Okay. From Southpaw. So if you wanted to steal one of his axes, you totally could. I want to, since he dropped his mask, I want to pick up his mask um, and hurl it towards KT and use that as a distraction to disarm him as he's trying to watch where his mask is going. Awesome. Yeah, that totally works. He, You have an opportunity. He's been knocked down. Um, and yeah, he's just... Uh, you managed to snatch one of the axes from his hand. Oh, playing keep away. I like this. Um, Stitch, what are you doing? How tall is the room that we're in? Um... Probably just eight foot ceilings. Is there any way to get into the ceiling? Are there ceiling tiles? Is it a metal panel or a hatch that could be opened? Or is it just a hard ceiling? Oh, there are definitely vents in the secret base. Um, You know, air ducts and stuff. So. That supervillains build into bases for heroes to crawl through? Exactly. Stitches going to get up into a vent to get the high ground. It seems the most moonflower thing she can think to do at this moment without there being really a present opportunity for her in the current situation. She's also keyed in on the idea that they have a stitch finder. She doesn't know exactly what it is. But she has a good feeling it could be here. And she might want to try to find it and get rid of it. Yeah, so you disappear up into the vents. And uh, from your vantage, uh, you can see Sir Sinister hasn't really moved from where he was bent, knocked to the floor. He's got his head in his hand, uh, a really confused expression on his face. And the other axe dissolves in his hand, and he looks up at um, Sam and Moonflower with just an absolutely bewildered look on his face. Says, where am I? Hmm. Wait. You, Sir Sinister, are telling us that you don't know how you got onto this evil, scary, kind of suborbital space base situation? You don't know how you got here? I have no idea what you're talking about. Last thing I remember, I was being transported to a holding facility. When was that? Day or so after our encounter in the casino? Wait, what are you kids doing here? 
that's enough to kind of sober Sam up from his little blood rage that he was in a little bit, at least enough to like look around the little service closet and maybe even peek his head out into the hallway and be like, wait, am I missing something too here? Um, so it turns out that the service closet was actually a single person high speed elevator. Wait, how do we, did I learn that from looking around? Yeah. I see like yeah. the panel That's of, what, okay, okay. You yeah, thought okay. it was like a closet or something and you opened it up and it turned out to be an elevator that he was exiting. Okay, I to see. To arrive at this place to see what the heck was going on. Moonflower's going to look at um, Sir Sinister and say, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Do you want to help us? And it is at this moment, Stitch, where from your vantage point, you notice down the other way in the hallway, um, you see the second asset from the theater with his laser rifle leveled and uh, his backpack flashes with light as he prepares to fire. What do you do? Stitch is going to directly engage a threat. What does that I look am... like on the page? In the panel, Stitch is going to scurry along in her most Moonflower-esque fashion through the vents until she is parallel with Laser Cannon Man and bursts through the vents with single dagger uh, spinning dramatically whistling through the air through the perforated holes to uh, the point where uh, she just stops it in her hand in a cold uh, Kunoichi fashion and is just like basically going to try to plunge it into his neck in her descent. Also, I think right now you guys are about to enter battle against a dangerous foe as a team. Uh, we may already kind of be in battle, but uh, definitely want to get some team in the pool. So, real quick, who is the leader of this team right now? Sam would say Moonflower. It might even be Sam. What does I Moonflower mean, think? Yeah. Moonflower thinks she's taking this base down, whether she's the captain or not. And she just kind of hopes people will go along with her. Stitch votes Moonflower. Moonflower it is. So, Moonflower... Your purpose in this fight is to take down this base. Yep. And maybe also get out of there alive, but taking it uh, down is a priority. Yeah. Oh, you have influence over every team member. So we add a team to the pool. So we're up to two now. Is that kind uh, of the one I get for being captain? Not yet. Okay. So we had, hang on. Oh, we had one team in the pool from the um, sharing of vulnerability or weakness. And then when we entered battle, we get two more, so we're up to three. Leader has influence over the team, so we're up to four. Captain gets us up to five. Sam, what is your purpose in this fight? At this point, it's to get me and my friends out of here alive. Which is, you know, it does dovetail with Moonflowers of bringing the entire but base down your to the primary, ground. Your primary purpose is not destroying the base. I mean, I don't think that thought has been considered or voiced by anyone, to be fair. I mean, it's obviously been considered, but it hasn't been voiced. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, 
it really went from like falling Midas through the portal, falling through like almost space without any kind, almost the vacuum of space without any kind of protection to just like being in the vacuum seal, being in the hallway. Hey, what's behind this door? It's Sir Sinister. You know, like it, it, it literally is it, it, like if we, you know what actually I'm going to say? Sam's actual purpose is to just fuck shit up, you know, and and it does seem like Moonflower would give him a direction to do that. But like, it's not like he's sitting here thinking like, OK, now here's my plan to extract mm-hmm, us from the mm-hmm. space base. He's like in the fuck shit up mode. So that's so actually you it. might actually be on board with the breakdown of the base plan then. Yeah, I guess so. It's really it's like if if Moonflower is like, come on, let's go fuck shit up. He'll go, you know, so mm-hmm. that's that's definitely what's, what I think is is Sam's state of mind. What about KT and Stitch? What is your purpose in this fight? To end the violence as quickly as possible. Uh, to impress Moonflower, possibly, <laughs> with how violent I can be. <laughs> awesome. So it doesn't sound like everyone has the same purpose in the fight. So we're not going to add another team. So we are still at five. Does anyone mistrust Moonflower or anyone else on the team? I do think I have to say that it's, I don't think it's possible for, you know, he's like a, a welcoming guy, but I don't think he could say he could trust Stitch, you know? Fair enough. Don't, he doesn't even know what Stitch is, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair. What about the rest of you? KT has known Stitch the longest at eight and a half hours right now. I don't believe that KT mistrusts Stitch, but I don't think KT necessarily trusts Stitch at this point either yet. I think that is a fair assessment. Cool. Okay. Okay. What about Moonflower? Do you mistrust any member of the team? I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't necessarily mistrust Stitch. I don't really trust her either. I did just also try to make an alliance with Sir Sinister, and I I think I probably trust Stitch more than that. More than Sir Sinister? So the, what I'm saying, yeah, is the, the bar's kind of on the ground for Moonflower right now. She's, uh, you know, whoever's going to help her mm-hmm. get this thing mm-hmm. down in a fit of rage. Yeah, that's a fair point. I guess I didn't realize it was, do, does someone mistrust someone? Right, right. Active and that is, absence of yeah. trust, because I wouldn't say that's true. Okay, yeah, no, I, I think everyone, yeah, I don't think anyone mistrusts anyone on the team. So we are still at... Right. I guess, is Midas considered part of the team right now? Midas is unavailable at the moment. If you'd yeah. like to leave a message, please wait for them. <laughs> yeah, okay, Midas is not part of the team right now. He left. Then no. No one mistrusts anyone. I mean, Excellent. Sam had a close call. If he hadn't brought up Adrian Safarsek, he was part of the 50% that Stitch was going to go in. Uh, <laughs> Not trusting. Not trusting, but he earned that very quickly. He's a uh, likable guy. Is your team ill-prepared or off-balance? Um, I think to answer that truthfully, we are probably ill-prepared for a space-faring adventure at this particular moment. I was also thinking you might be a little ill-prepared or off-balance. Does that check out with everyone else? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will say yet, though that experience any sort of balance. It's, yeah, it's fair. It's valid. That will cause uh, being unprepared will cause us to remove a team from the pool. But as leader of the team, Moonflower, you can choose to mark a condition to avoid removing that team if you would like. Otherwise, we're going into this fight with four team in the pool. 
Um, no. Moonflower can mark angry. Awesome. That checks out. She's upset. We snap back to the action with Stitch leaping dramatically towards the guard with her knife blaring through the air. Go ahead and give us that roll plus danger. That is a 10. Excellent. On a hit, you trade blows. On a 10 plus, pick two. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Gonna go with resist or avoid their blows and impress the opposition. She does this flashily. It is for the showmanship of it all. You slam into this laser rifle wielding asset just as he fires, and you're just in time to knock the blast away. And this rifle is extremely powerful. It goes off in a beam instead of a bolt, like the uh, phase blasters that the Kongatong security forces had. This is, yeah, like a full-on beam that blasts through the wall and cuts through steel before uh, he gets his finger off the trigger. And you are able to skillfully whip him around and kind of uh, throw him to the ground. And he is, like, stunned. KT, what are you doing? You said the adversary was stunned so far. Mm-hmm. KT shall slip behind him. You said, uh, I shall peer through the doorway that he entered to see if there's anyone else uh, approaching. Not that you can see. I punch him in the back of the head. I shall directly engage a threat while invisible. Go ahead and roll plus danger. That is a four plus three minus one. Okay, so we have a six with five team in the pool. Stitch, you are already right there. You could very easily help out. Absolutely. Stitch in this moment is going to... She can't see KT, can she? Are you still invisible? KT is still invisible. I think we have a connection at this point. Stitch is going to sense the presence of Graviton and say, Oh, hey, Graviton. I got him. He's all yours. And put the laser guy in a full Nelson. But because it's the back of his head, it's an awkward, like, reverse full Nelson. She's in front of him. <laughs> they call that a front Nelson. A front, front Nelson, Nelson, yeah. A full front frontal? A full, fr a full frontal Nelson, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. We already There's have the explicit tag on iTunes, right? <laughs> So her hands are just covering his face and mouth. Yeah, yeah. Point. You're kind of weaving your fingers together over his face and mouth, trying to hold him down. And uh, you've got him all tied up and lined up. And KT, super punch him in the back of the head and trade blows. On a 7 and 9, pick up 1. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I think KT Shell had a, a laser gun of some sort, correct? Yes. It is a heavy two-handed laser rifle that uh, has power cords running from the back of it to the backpack on his back. Wow. Um, it looks vaguely familiar. 
while his face is busy being threaded, uh, KT shall phase rifle and pack through his body and away from his corporeal self. You grab onto him, or onto his rifle and his pack, and start dragging it through him, decreasing its density so it can pass through him. And as the he is struggling and yells into his helmet, We have an incursion! Send reinforcements! And then the backpack becomes disconnected from his back, and there's a flash of light and a discharge of this powerful laser energy that completely just supercharges your invisible form with high calibolt laser energy and I'm going to ask you to take a powerful blow that is going to be a two plus one plus no additional conditions awesome on a miss you stand strong Mark potential is normal, and say how you weather the blow. I am not looking forward to these low rolls, despite that last one helping us in the long run. That is the only um, one you want to roll low on, so... Despite the fact that it is the only one <laughs> to roll low on, that is uh, among the lower rolls I've had tonight. Uh, KT shall... Uh, quickly attempt to absorb as much of that energy and light as they can so that it doesn't affect anyone else in the uh, in the vicinity dropping dropping their is invisibility in the meantime this asset relieved of their weapon uh falls to the floor he's still kind of tangled up never mind that but... is a very long neck <laughs> Let's see, he just took a blow, so he gets to make a move. So, yeah, he is going to kind of reach up and grab Stitch by the shoulders and just kind of try and bull rush you and smash you into the wall so he can try and get away. He is not here to fight anymore. He is trying to hit GTFO. So he has just, like, bodily lifted you off the floor and is just charging forward to smash you into the wall. Southpaw, what are you doing as you see this whole kerfuffle going on? I think that when he sees the jet pack and jet can in the laser cannon, not jet pack, laser pack and laser cannon go flying, and that Stitch and KT are kind of like all over this this one. He is going that way when the guy makes the bull rush move with all of his energy kind of focused on Stitch. Mm -hmm. And he is going to try and get a hand under the jaw and rip that that big black mat mask off. This isn't a pierce the mask situation. It's a right. it's a literal. This is literally piercing of a mask. his mask. Right, right. Exactly. It's kind of more of a you know directly engage a threat type deal. I probably think you are actually defending Stitch from danger. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. So um, when you defend someone from an immediate threat, roll plus savior. Oh my god. <laughs> So it barely might work if I can get some help. What are what are the damages? It is a six total. Ooh. With plus three and 
in saving someone's ass, I still only got a six. Oh, damn. That's a two and a one. Almost Ooh. a crit, crit fail. Okay, so we still have four team in the pool. You've got this laser rifle wielding foe by the mask trying to wrestle this helmet off. Uh, who else can help out? Moonflower, you, what are you doing? I can help out. Um, I am going to use a knife to help pry the mask off. So uh, you can see Sam kind of struggling with the helmet, and you throw a knife that severs the chin strap. And uh, Sam, you are able to wrestle the helmet off and uh, get it up to a seven. On a hit, you keep them safe. On a seven to nine, it costs you. Expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. I think that I'm going to... Oh, man. There's... I had a couple of thoughts. But I do think... I think it's the, the probably expose myself to danger. Because, like, the, the knife alone, like, that's kind of the area my hand was where the knife <laughs> went so i don't you know like it's i could see how a number of ways that could go wrong um I, I just offended by that i yeah I, I don't mean i don't mean that the knife would hit sam because i i don't really think he's ever has a fear of that also when you successfully defend someone you get to pick one uh add a team to the pool take influence over someone you protect or clear a condition Add a team to the pool. So we are back up to four. Cool. So you are able to wrestle the helmet off and get this guy pinned to the ground with the help of Stitch. And you recognize the face of Lethal Laser 2, who mm. was – you also took down a similar casino fight earlier that week. There's nothing but casinos in New Olympus is one thing I've noticed. It's it kind is, of crazy, actually. It's kind of one of the things Midtown is known for. Is Yeah, uh, yeah. No, and it actually does make sense in a weird way that it would be like this kind of destination for such things. It is, okay, Lethal Laser, that checks out. And uh, he is similarly bewildered uh, when the helmet is removed, and uh, his eyes are glazed over and uh, he doesn't really respond to you at first. And then a voice crackles over the intercom. Hello, heroes. I see you have found your way into our little laboratory. Don't worry. I will be sending someone along shortly to show you out. You did well against the prototypes of my berserkons. But you will find that I have perfected the technology and have proceeded to human trials. And with that, the ceiling explodes downward in just massive cloud of dust and debris as this humanoid figure punches through the ceiling and drops down into the middle of the room. Uh, the hallway is filled with dust and debris, and you see this silhouette slowly straighten. Uh, human figure, extremely ripped and well-muscled, and a red light appears where their eyes should be. Dr. Primeval's voice crackles over the intercom. Yeah. I think you will find I've made a few improvements over our last version. Berserkon, 
Show them to the door, would you? And the Berserkon charges forward. What does everyone do? I would like to unleash my powers. Excellent. What are you doing with your tremendous power? I will I will multiply the effects of gravity upon uh, this Zircon's feet until he can no longer physically pull them from the floor. Yeah, definitely sounds like you are overcoming an obstacle and reshaping your environment. So go ahead and roll plus freak. Oh my god. Um, that is a six plus a six plus a two. On a hit, you do it. You start increasing the density of the this thing's feet, and like you, uh, you get his feet up to you know like a few hundred pounds, and he's still just like sprinting at you. So you just start like cranking it up exponentially, and he's barely slowing down. And you just pour it on to the point where his feet are cracking through the floor and making dents in the reinforced metal support beams before he finally is just on his face, pulling himself along the floor towards you with his hands, dragging his thousand-ton feet behind him. I would like to assess the situation and see if I can figure out how... Dr. Primeval is controlling him. Absolutely. You Go have ahead. several seconds available. <laughs> Go ahead and, yeah, yeah. While he's crawling on the floor, it seems like the perfect time to. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so go ahead and roll plus superior. That is a 12. Ooh, excellent. On a 10 plus, ask two. What here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is in the greatest danger? Who here is the most vulnerable to me? How could we best end this quickly? Let's start with how can we best end this quickly. The first thing you look for is where the control tips were on the fish creature berserkons. You can see where those were just kind of like an implant electrode kind of affixed to the back of their head. The upgraded berserkons have metal plates over their faces and the back of their head. And the control chip is bolted into, the, into his skull. Uh, You can't see any part of his face where his eyes should be. There's just, like, thin visor, like Cyclops style of red light. But looking down from that, you can see that it looks like the pumps that that are pumping Nightmare Ooze that were external on the fish creatures have been implanted, uh, like, subdermally into his skin. But there are still hoses exposed on the outside, and if you could sever those, that would greatly diminish his power my second question is what here can i use to sever (laughs) the subdermal tubes oh you got you got knives girl yeah that makes sense but i had two questions so awesome awesome and you get plus one while acting on the answers so even though you already knew the answer you still get a bonus for asking it yes well that is also why i asked um in which case i would like to use my knives. I don't know if that's directly engaging a threat or unleashing my powers. Probably, yeah, unleashing your powers makes sense. Your powers being knife-related. That is a 7. On a 7 to 9, mark a condition, or I will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. Let's see. I don't want to mark a condition. Tell me how it's temporary. 
<laughs> I was hoping you would I, say uh, that. Immediately regret that. <laughs> I love it. So you start hacking away at these kind of subdermal tubes that you can see, and just this disgusting black ichor starts spraying out of them. And the berserkon starts uh, grunting and kind of like, like screaming in pain, and it slams its hands down on the floor uh, in just a fit of rage, and the the entire hallway gives out and breaks. And uh, we were trying to break the place anyway. Hell yeah! You, the um, so you and your team go tumbling into the wreckage of the facility. The last panel of this comic will have KT float gently down to the wreckage and join the rest of the Midnighters. Wait, what wreckage are we? What happened? So, um, yeah, okay, so. The Berserkon slams his fists into the ground with incredible, tremendously superhuman strength. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. And the floor just explodes in rubble and metal, and the team goes falling down into darkness and uh, debris and destruction. (laughs) And... And yeah, we get a panel looking at just kind of the the rubble, and then we see uh, KT's feet gently floating down and landing. Wonder World Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brendan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Michael Dunham, who can be found on Twitter at Galvanic Man. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Big Sky Charlie. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Graviton is played by Sawyer A. The Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton, who can be found on his website at theohamptonphoto.com. Stitch is played by Justin Reed. Wonder World Comics is produced and edited by Michael Dunham. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at WW Comics Podcast, or send us an email at wwcomicspodcast at gmail.com.